Well, a cardia, Shaw Jerry Adams Arish, Augusta Sulagum Maris Gra, Gwil Shibsha, a leg Gumoy. So last week I attended uh, an event in Parliament Buildings at Stormont, hosted by US Special Economic Envoy Joseph Kennedy III. And there was a panel discussion on the impact of the Good Friday Agreement, which involved my good self, former DUP leader Peter Robinson, former Alliance Assembly Speaker Aileen Bell, Lady Daphne uh, Trimble, President of the Ulster Unionist Party, and former SDLP leader Mark Durkin. First Minister-designate Michelle O'Neill, DUP leader Jeffrey Donaldson and UUP leader Doug Beatty were all present. And while each brought our own narrative of that time of the Good Friday Agreement to the conversation, it was nonetheless a positive and forward-looking engagement. And the delegation from the USA was large and very, uh, if I may say so, uh, consistent and clearly have had a good time during their visit. But they also included uh, very, very successful businesses and enterprise leaders. Now, the day before the delegation arrived, Jeffrey Donaldson said there would be no United Ireland in his lifetime and that a United Ireland cannot accommodate his Britishness. So, it strikes me as a wee bit uh, strange that if he doesn't believe that there will be a United Ireland in his lifetime, then this United Ireland, which will not be in his lifetime, how on earth can he say it will or will not accommodate his Britishness, given that it's not going to happen in his lifetime? So that convoluted bit to one side. Uh, there can't be a United Ireland in Jeffrey's lifetime. Depends how long he lives and it depends on the process of getting the people to have their say. Because what Jeffrey has signed up to is that the people, under the terms of the Good Friday Agreement, will decide the future. And I have to say I disagree with him when he says that a United Ireland cannot accommodate his Britishness. Well, first of all, the deal with whether United Ireland debate is first. Political and demographic changes in recent decades have accelerated this entire process. A growing disillusionment with unionist parties, the Brexit debacle, the growth of Sinn Féin and the growth of the broad demand for a rights-based society have all contributed to increasing interest in Irish unity. And it is important to note that 70% of people in the North and over 90% in the South voted in May 1998 for a, an agreement that provides for a unity referendum and for a simple majority to determine the outcome. And that provides the democratic basis for future constitutional change. So as to the question of British identity and a united Ireland, 
Those of us who favour Irish unity have repeatedly emphasised our commitment to respect the British identity of our neighbours and to accommodate that identity and its traditions in a new and shared Ireland. We're also committed to the safeguards and guarantees contained in the Good Friday Agreement being carried through into that new Ireland. And that's not just our rhetorical commitment aimed at winning unionist support or acquiescence to Irish unity. It's rooted in the principles of those mainly Presbyterians who embraced republicanism in the 18th century. The United Irish Society was founded in Belfast in October 1791. It was the first democratic movement in Ireland and it took its inspiration from the American and French revolutions of that time. And the United Irish Society sought solidarity between people of all religious denominations and sought political equality and Irish independence. Theobald Wolf Tone, who belonged to the Church of Ireland, embodied the new alliance between Protestants and Catholics. And his writings, in my opinion, remain relevant to this generation and to this time. Tone, who served as the Secretary of the Catholic Committee, said his aim was to unite the people of Ireland, the whole people of Ireland, to abolish the memory of past dissension and to substitute the common name of Irish man and woman in place of the denominations of Protestant, Catholic and dissenter. These were my means. Then facing up to a succession of economic and political crises then created by the English government at that time, Tone concluded that Ireland would never be either free, prosperous or happy until she was independent and that independence was unattainable whilst a connection with England existed. And to build a new society, Tone argued for a new relationship between the people of Ireland. He wrote, The weight of English influence in the government of this country is so great as to require a cordial union among all the people of Ireland to maintain that balance which is essential to the preservation of our liberties and the extension of our commerce. As the momentum towards a unity referendum grows, and as more and more positive voices are being heard from the unionist British section of our people, the objective of building a cordial union among the people of this island takes on a greater significance. British governments are not to be trusted in protecting the rights of citizens or managing our economy. Agreements between unionist leaders and British governments have been consistently dumped by British Prime Ministers who time and time again have placed British, actually English, self-interest above commitments given to the unionists. So the future provides an opportunity to build a new relationship between the people who share this island, a new cordial union founded on inclusion and reconciliation, on democratic agreements and respect. We who are of Ireland, we of this island, are a people in transition. A fundamental part of this transition must be a sustained effort to genuinely address the fears and concerns of Northern Unionists. As good neighbours, 
we must explore with them what they mean by their sense of Britishness and how that sense of Britishness will be reflected in a new cordial union between the people of this island. So tone is coming back again. And this, my friends, is the future. Mickey Coleman, former GA star, former Tyrone player, his wife Erin and their sons Michal and Reardon were in the Coulterland last week on Belfast Falls Road to launch Mickey's new book, Pulse. Peter Canavan was also there along with myself. Now, I never thought I would ever be on a panel with Peter Canavan, one of my footballing heroes and All-Ireland champion with Tyrone, twice. But there we were, telling yarns and sharing songs and funny stories. A bunch of fine singers from Glass Drummond entertained us and moved everyone with their rendition of The Brantry Boy. Pulse is a special book written with Davian Harvey and it tells Mickey's story. It's the story of his family in Arbo, a wee village in a beautiful part of rural Ireland beside Loch Ness. It's the story of an Irish family of eight children nurtured by Teresa and her husband Sean. It's the story of Mickey kicking ball as a kid on the green with his brothers and childhood mates and then with the local Gaelic Athletic Club O'Donovan Rossa, the heart of our bow. It's about school days, meeting Peter Canavan when he came to teach in Holy Trinity College in Cookstown. It's about fishing on Loch Ney with his father, about British troops, visits to his father in Belfast Prison. It's a book about music, songwriting, guitar picking, doing local gigs, visiting the USA, getting onto the county football panel, It's about that brilliant first Tyrone team to win the Sam McGuire Cup. It's about Mickey Hart, legendary manager. It's about Cormac McAnallen, one of Tyrone's finest, who died suddenly aged just 24, the Brantry boy. It's about New York, about the Irish in New York, about Mickey knuckling down, working hard, supported by others, including Faye Devlin. It's about meeting Erin Loughran, as she played the fiddle at a session, about Erin and Mickey making music together and then making babies. Mickey's business was going well. He was blessed with a great family and friends, immersed in the Gildom of New York. Then on the 29th of March, 2021, age 41, Mickey had a massive heart attack. That's when his life ended. Thanks to Erin, his own resilience and self-awareness as he confronted his widowmaker and Orangetown police and other emergency workers, he survived. The local hospital did the rest. They kept him alive. And then it was a long, hard struggle for Mickey to get back to himself again. This book tells all of this and much more. It's especially poignant, as Mickey recalls, how he relearned what is important in life. It's all recounted here with wonderfully clear and hopeful faith and love, family, friendship, community, Ireland and humanity. Mickey's appeal to the reader is for all of us to play our own music in appreciation of what we have, 
not just materially, but more importantly, in our values, because without these, we have nothing. And that's the essence of Pulse. Read it for yourself. I'm honoured that Mickey invited me to help launch his story. Gwuramogat, Akara. Pulse lets us know that Mickey and Erin have never forgotten where they are, where they're from, and who they are. I wish them both the very best, and I wish their families the very, very best of good luck for the future. News from the Middle East continues to numb and outrage and anger most people. But we cannot give up. We have a duty to the people of Palestine to stay focused on the demands to stop the war, to support humanitarian initiatives and to start peace talks. The people of Israel and Palestine need the support of the international community and we are part of that community. So let us find ways to get our leaders to uphold international law, to do their duty, to end the siege of Gaza and to free Palestine. There was another little event, uh, the opening of a, an extension to Mahabna Moor Community Centre down in Dundalk and County Louth, and the new section of the new block has been called after a local hero, North Belfast man living in Dundalk for some time. And he was a friend of mine and worked very, very, very hard to get me uh, elected and was central to the rejuvenation of the local community, particularly in Mahabnamore, and that, of course, is Kevin Mulgrew. So it was a delight to be there to see Rosie and to see their kids and uh, grandkids. Kevin died uh, recently. So well done to everybody involved in that initiative. And again, best wishes to Rosie and the Mulgrew clan. Shin Misha Karja, Lori Melat, and Shakhtan Shahogin, Arish, Guji Shin, Gnuri and Talat, Tor Ira, Slan August Bonak T.